Good morning, Heritage Church. It's good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, as you can tell, I'm not Travis Akins. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you in that regard, but I do like to talk. And so when Travis asked me to fill in and preach for him today, number one, we're going to continue in our study of the fruits of the Spirit. Number two, um, it's probably a good thing that there's some rain coming down on us soon, because that will be a natural timer for me to know when to stop. Uh, I've also asked my wife, maybe she could flag me down to let me know if I've talked a little too much. Um, but I, I was uh, both a little nervous when Travis asked me to preach, but I was thankful that him and Laura and their family are going to be able to get away for a little bit. I think you guys would agree with me at this church. We are blessed to have Travis and Laura helping to lead us along and empower us and do, uh, do good work for God. And the thing that I enjoy the most about Travis and Laura working alongside them is how uh, they both kind of push others to help. And, and that's the beauty of this church, in my opinion, in this community, is that we all pitch in and do different things to make this work. Um, and that's going to be evident in a couple weeks when we move back inside as well and, and get to enjoy worship together inside. But I've just always appreciated the fact that they are not only encouraging and, and leading, but also very empowering for us. Um, I have to tell you, though, the fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about this morning is one that I have zero, um, zero expertise in, other than the fact that I'm a parent. And so if you've ever had children, you can relate, or even pets or other animals, things like that, when it comes to patience. It's not always an easy subject. And so we're going to talk about patience a little bit today. Um, the, one, the one thing that came to mind with me about patience was how when I was younger, I did not have it. I had a temper. Um, my brother would do things to annoy me. He was four years older, or is four years older, and, and I would lose my patience very, very quickly. And so I have these memories of what that felt like to have some anger or frustration uh, and how I didn't control it well. And one of my favorite childhood memories, and I would argue this is um, one of my high points as a parent, to know that my children really like this movie as well, but the movie Princess Bride, if you've ever seen that movie, um, my kids have recently started liking that as well. But if you remember the main character in that movie, his expression of love to, um, to Princess Buttercup was as you wish. He was a very patient, uh, that was his way of expressing patience to her, was anytime she said something, he said, as you wish. That was his way of saying, I love you. Anything you want, yes, I'll do it. Didn't matter what it was, as you wish, as you wish. And as we talk and think about patience today, I want you to think about patience is the ultimate expression of love. And that's kind of the phrase that I centered on this week with some of our preparation. I don't think that we can have patience without having love for somebody else. And that's the, that's the point that I want to drive home for us today. To me, being patient is more, as Travis has talked to us about throughout Galatians 5, these fruits of the Spirit are more than just performance, right? It's more than just getting it right every once in a while. It's more about who you are. It's the type of person that you are. And that's what Paul is asking these people in Galatians to, 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 to uh, simulate or, or emulate and to, to practice is being this type of person. This is who you are at all times. So when we think about patience, the initial thing that I think about is having to wait in a drive through line longer than I think and trying to be patient with that or my phone messing up and it giving us the little circle like sometimes electronics do and then oh well I can be patient with that 
But I would challenge you that I think patience is, is a little bit more than that. While those are good things to practice being patient in, I think patience in the spiritual sense like this has to do with what kind of person you are in the face of suffering, in the face of frustration, annoyance, and how you treat other people. It's more to do with about who you are and what's in your heart than just being able to perform patience in a drive-through line, if that makes sense. I think there's a deeper meaning that Paul is calling us to as a fruit of the Spirit. He, he spends Galatians uh, 5, uh, that's where we're anchoring ourselves in, verses 22, 23, 24. But if you look before that in your device or in your Bible, the beginning of Galatians 5, Paul talks about the most important thing is love. He says it multiple times, multiple ways. He says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love in verse 6. In verse 13, he says, serve one another in love. In verse 14, the entire law is summed up in a single command, to love your neighbor as yourself. And then the opposite is us biting and devouring each other. Discord, confusion, anger, hate, bitterness. I would say that the opposite of those things is being able to be patient with one another. And that's what I want us to talk about today. Before we go any further, though, would you guys pray with me? <clears throat> Father, we come before you and we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this moment that we can come and worship you, read your word, and try to learn a little bit about how you want us to live, to encourage one another. Yes, this is about you, Father, and this is about lifting you up and glorifying you and worshiping you. It's also about building each other up and helping us encourage one another to live a life that is described in your word as the fruits of the spirit, to be that type of person who can react with love and patience. And I pray that you would help us to do that. Be with us as we read your word and as we study together this morning. Thank you for this opportunity to worship you. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. So as we said, I think patience is defined on how you treat others around you. Patience in this context that Paul's talking about is someone who is slow to anger. Technically, the word actually means long suffering. So in the middle of suffering, can you be the type of person that will endure that suffering with a positive attitude? It's the ability to show restraint towards someone. Instead of having that quick reaction or that quick vengeance, that quick retaliation, it's practicing self-control and forgiveness. And I would argue that in Galatians 5, these Christians are trying to figure out how to live their life in the middle of trying to determine how much of the law they follow and how much of, of the new covenant they follow. They're living life just like we are. They're going to work. They're going to school. They're interacting with friends. They're interacting with family members that maybe annoy them. They're acting with, uh, in a very similar context to what we encounter every day. And Paul's encouraging them to stand out. He's encouraging them to live different. He's encouraging them to not go with that initial instinct of frustration, of anger right away. That, that, that quick retaliation and vengeance. That's our typical thing we fall to. And Paul's asking and encouraging them to do something different. To live a little bit more full based on what's in their heart. So here's what I want to be clear about. I do not think patience means that you can never get angry. I don't think that's the case. 
We're going to look at some scripture throughout the Old and New Testament. I think we would all agree if you read a little bit of the Bible, you'll find a God that gets angry at times. You'll see Jesus get a little angry at times. So patience means, it doesn't mean to me that you can't ever get angry. Anger is a natural emotion. It's what we do with that anger that then determines our level of patience. It determines what type of person we are. So I want to be clear about that. I don't think that it means you can't ever get angry, but I think it's about how we control that. It's what we do. And all too often, if you were to look on some movies or read some books or talk to people about what love looks like to them in this current world, it's gonna, you're going to get all kinds of different answers. But I would argue that a lot of them are probably a little bit more self-seeking, that there's got to be something in it for me, that expressing my, my way of expressing love is what I buy for someone or what I do for someone. And there's all kinds of different versions of that. The point I would make today is that I think patience in this context in a spirit-filled life uh, is, the, is the ultimate expression of that love. To be selfless, to be slow to anger, to be willing to forgive, to endure through hard things, especially if, if those things are brought on by other people. That's, to me, the expression of patience, and it's the expression of love. So if you, if you look there at some verses that we've listed, in Psalms 103, verses 8 through 10, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Throughout the Old Testament, we see a God who is patient with the Israelites. They cry out, he rescues them. They cry out, they're frustrated, he rescues them. They cry out again, he rescues them. I could repeat that for five minutes. It seems to be the theme and the trend. And to be honest, that's not maybe altogether different than our current lives if we were to pause and think about that. But the point is, God is patient. Like a father raising his children, he is very patient with the Israelites throughout the Old Testament. In Psalms 103, that verse we just read, it's a quote from Exodus when the people are crying out um, for him to come save him, he's, uh, to save them. And, and he does, puts them in the, in the wilderness and, and brings them out of Egypt. Moses goes up to get the Ten Commandments. And while he's up there, they build an idol and start worshiping this idol instead of God. And, and this is what Moses says to them is that the Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger. Now, it doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences. There is, and there always will be. But God is a patient God. In fact, Jonah in the Old Testament says, I knew you were gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. That's what makes Jonah frustrated because he doesn't have that same patience, right? He, he's called to go to Nineveh and he doesn't want to go because he doesn't want to give the good news to these people because he knew the type of qualities that God possessed. So throughout the Old Testament, we see this building of this patience, this ultimate expression of love. God loves us and he loved the Israelites of the Old Testament so much that he was willing to bear their sins. And that leads us to Jesus, right? The Old Testament and the patient love of God leads us to Jesus. Jesus was born out of God's patient love for us. And as a result of his identity, 
being found in God and being rooted in the Holy Spirit, Jesus shows patient love throughout the New Testament. Did he get angry? Sure. He got frustrated too. Absolutely. But his desire throughout the New Testament with his ministry, no matter the anger and frustration that he felt or that people were trying to put on him, the shame that people put on him, the bitterness and jealousy that he had to deal with, it was a patient love that he had. It was patience for the entire uh, group of Israelites that he came to save. In Matthew 23, it says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you are not willing. That's language of someone who's patiently wanting to gather them up and love them, but unfortunately they're not going to listen. Again, parallels potentially to our own lives, right? When it's easy for us to maybe turn our backs or to go to our initial reaction instead of pausing. And ultimately, Jesus' patience was shown by him bearing our sins on the cross. In 1 Peter 2, it says, When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. The side point I would make about patience being this ultimate expression of love is that you can't have patience without trusting in God. That's evidence throughout Jesus, right? He entrusted himself to God, that he knew his, his life, his soul, his heart, everything about him was in the hands of his creator so he could be patient with others. He could love in this amazing way that he did because he was rooted in that trust. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Jesus throughout his ministry snuck away to be alone. And we're going to talk about that here as some practical applications, but I don't think it's just a coincidence that Jesus had time rooted with just him and his father and the Holy Spirit together to try to figure out how this patience looked in the midst of some of the chaos that he was having to deal with, in the midst of trying to teach these disciples who didn't always get it. Uh, Jesus was patiently loving with them. So if we follow Jesus' example, we also learn in the New Testament, if we're supposed to be like him, that we're going to endure some suffering. It shouldn't come as a surprise to us. Paul says that multiple times throughout letters to the churches, that if you follow Jesus, you will be persecuted. You will deal with suffering. So it shouldn't come as a surprise to us. And this is where patience again can really help us in the middle of this suffering, in the middle of frustration from other people, uh, or people, I should say, frustrating you, how do you handle those situations? Can we patiently endure? Can we be long-suffering? Can we know our identity and be okay with what's happening because we know who we are? In 1 Timothy, it says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. This is Paul talking to Timothy. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. In Paul's words, in his mind, he is one of the worst sinners. That's what he says. Yet Jesus saved him because of his immense patience his amazing love for him. Again, Jesus 
and, and I would argue Paul too, they're not worried about performance. They're not worried about if you can maintain your anger level a little bit when um, something's not going your way. I, I used to get so angry at video games when I was younger. I used to have a little Game Boy, and this is dating me. I'm sure a lot of the children don't even know what a Game Boy is, but I used to have this Game Boy and I would play it and I would get so angry, I'd throw it and I would yell, this thing's cheating. It's cheating me. I would get so angry and my mom would then not let me play the Game Boy for a month or something like that. And then eventually I'd get it back. But it was the same thing over and over again. Jesus is not worried about the performance of me being able to be patient in that one moment, right? I think Jesus and Paul and these words that we're reading through the New Testament, they're encouraging us to be the type of people that that's what comes from us. It's not about being able to be patient in one quick moment and then going and being impatient with everyone else that I encounter at work or at school or in my family. It's about practicing rooting ourselves in this identity of who we are being found in God, right? Being able to trust that God is who he says he is and he has us in his hands. And when we are rooted in that and when we understand and believe God's love, then out of that expression of love comes patience, right? And when I deal with issues that come up, I can fall back on my identity and my patience. So if God's patience and desire for relationship led directly to Jesus, and ultimately his death, he bore our sins, then our patience can also lead people to the life and death of Jesus. I think that's ultimately what we are called to do. That's what Paul's encouraging these people to do in Galatians 5, right? Is to stand out, to be different than society, to show people a different way. Earlier in, in uh, Galatians 5, he lists the things of, that are not of the fruits of the Spirit. And he says, this is what everyone else is going to do. This is, and again, that's not that different from a list of today if we were to look at it. We'd go, yeah, that's, that's probably about true. The world does things a little differently, and Paul's calling us to do things the way that Jesus did them, the way that God has asked us to do them, the way that the Holy Spirit would work inside of us and let that come out in our lives is these fruits that we read about. So our patience, living that type of life, is crucial to showing those around us who Jesus is. We all are going to bear fruit no matter what. It's about what type of fruit are we going to bear? What type of person are we going to be in the good times and the bad times? When life is going great, but when we're really frustrated and somebody did something to me. It's, it's not just about some external circumstance to me about being in a drive through line or dealing with technology, but it's about those hard things. When somebody you know for sure said something about you behind your back. How do you handle those situations? It's when we encounter people who we always feel are trying to bring us down. How do we react to those situations, to those things? And I would also argue it makes us make sure that we aren't doing those things either to other people, right? So we are called to show others to Jesus. And that's what Paul's encouraging them to do in Galatians. And that's what we need to be doing today. So in Ephesians 4, this is not unique to Ephesians. It's found in Colossians 3. It's found throughout 1st and 2nd Timothy and in 1st Peter. Paul is calling them, the New Testament Christians, to bear with one another. To be loving, to be selfless, to be humble, 
So let's read Ephesians 4. It's on the slides there. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Again, this doesn't mean that we can't get angry. It doesn't mean that some of those emotions won't come out. Disputes will happen. Things are going to, uh, to occur that are going to hurt our feelings. Things are going to happen like that. But we're called to not be selfish, to not be thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. We are called to be humble and gentle with one another. And again, what a great way to stand out in society when, when you read books and watch movies and, and listen to interviews, people are immediately all about getting even or getting right back at that person. What's a quick jab I can get at that person, right? And I would argue that's even more so with social media, Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram and all these things. It's these quick reactions and I can send this real quick and someone else can send this and we can go back and forth, but we're not called to do that. We're called to be selfless, to be quick to love and slow to react. And it becomes, again, about turning around that initial instinct that we all, I think, have. Those initial moments of frustration. And that, to me, is what's so hard about living out this type of life where these fruits of the Spirit are shown through the way we act and the way we talk. That it's, it's, it takes very purposeful and intention to be able to turn that switch from that initial instinct that we all have. But we're called to bear with one another in love. And it's how we handle some of those disputes and some of those things that come up that are going to show people, again, to Jesus and who he is. Travis talked to us last week about peace. That was the third fruit of the Spirit. In Philippians, it says, Rejoice, and this is found in verse uh, 4 of chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. There's that word gentle again. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So patience only comes from love. The spirit-filled patience that we're talking about can only come from a place of love. There's other patience around. You know, I can wait uh, patiently until I can get this person back, until I can finally pay them back in a negative way. There's that type of patience. That's not what we're talking about. A spirit-filled patience can only come from love, and it always accompanies peace. So I'm a physical therapist by trade, and one of the things that they teach us in school is that you can't have good control of your body and good movement if you don't have proximal stability, which just means that we have strength throughout our hips and our core muscles through here. Can't, you can't expect to prevent injury if you can't control it all from here, and then from there out we can move and control well. And I would argue that's kind of how peace is. If you don't have peace, it's going to be really hard to have patience, right? If we're constantly in turmoil, if we're constantly... Um, trying to find the next best thing and we're constantly pushing and we're in this state of turmoil and, and unrest and we can't be content and we can't find our identity, it's going to be really hard to practice peace. It's the same thing in my physical therapy world. If, if I can't teach people to control what's going on in the very middle of where they are, good luck controlling movement out elsewhere. So peace in our heart anchors us. It allows us to deal with those sufferings and those disputes 
without surprise, without retaliation, without quitting and saying, I'm done. We know those things are going to happen. But as Paul's encouraging, don't be anxious. In every situation, pray, petition, meditate. Be thankful and present your request to God. Again, thinking back to Jesus' ministry, how was he able to be so patient? One of the ways, I would argue, is that he was able to spend time alone with God, focused on some of these exact things that Paul's encouraging. But that peace has to accompany that patience. We need to be constantly communicating and in relationship with our Father. That is what will help us anchor ourselves in who we are and once you know who you are, it is a whole lot easier to practice patience. I've got three little kids and we've been talking to them about when it's okay to, to stand up for yourself, but also when it's okay to let the other people win and know that you don't need to fight that fight, right? And the way we encourage them is by telling them, this is who you are. It doesn't matter about that stuff. Let that stuff go. There's times to stand up for yourself. But there's other times where once you know who you are, let that stuff go. It's fine. It doesn't matter. And that's what I would encourage us to think about. That peace that comes from knowing who you are and knowing your identity, that peace that comes from prayer and petition, that will allow you to be a patient individual as well. They go hand in hand. And in Psalms 37, it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. As we close, this is one of the more practical things to me. I tend to be a very task-oriented, very task list. I want to check it off. And the psalmist here says to be still and to wait patiently. What better time to do this than during a pandemic, right? At the start of the pandemic, I'm sure we were all like this. We found a little bit more time. And what did we do to fill up that time? But now the thing is, the reality of it is, is we fill up our schedules with other things. I've got to catch up on all these movies. I got to, I got now activities are starting to pick up because people can do them a little more safely. So we're going to go to this and we're going to go to that. And so we automatically fill our schedule with other things. But I would encourage us to slow down. If we're saying that patience is fighting against that initial instinct that we have, if we're saying that patience comes with peace, if we're saying and we believe that the psalmist is, is accurate in saying to be still before the Lord and to wait patiently for him. How can we expect to do those things if we're constantly going? And that's really hard for me to hear because I am always on the go. I'm, I'm the person that says, yes, let's go do it. Yeah, you want to go do this? Let's go do it. Yeah, let's go do that. And thankfully, I have a wife who says no and helps me say no more often. But we cannot be patient people. We can't let this fruit of the Spirit show in our lives if we're constantly on the go. We have to learn to slow down. And when we do that in our schedules, and then that gives us a little bit more of a buffer to spend time with God and to spend time slowing down and finding our identity, I'm a firm believer that that's also going to lead to us being able to slow down that initial reaction we have when somebody does something that is not very nice to us. And we want to react this way, but instead we'll have that patience. The spirit-filled life asks us to go against what's normal. And again, in our society, it's easy to fill it up with all kinds of things. And our, and our human tendency is to just react and to do certain things uh, that, that the world sees as normal. But we are called to be different. We're called to slow down. We're called to practice patience 
And that patience is showing love to those around us. So is it bad to do to, to think about, well, I'm going to work on being patient, so I'm not going to get as frustrated with my phone or technology or, or other things that typically trigger me. It's not bad at all. I, I encourage us to practice those things, but I would also encourage us to dig deeper and to find other ways that we can push into what Paul is calling about or calling us to with this meaning of patience from a spirit-filled life. This was a great quote that I read this week. It says, we are called to help carry someone's load to be the blotting paper for someone's spilt ink, to resist temptation to fight back and be defensive, to avoid bitterness and resentfulness. How you deal with suffering, how you deal with people mistreating you, how you deal with those frustrating situations, that's going to be the difference between not only your relationship with God, but it's going to be the difference between somebody else seeing God in you. And what an amazing opportunity to be a blessing to those around us. So if we live by the Spirit, we need to be with the Spirit every day. And that's my encouragement, is to find some time to slow down, to be with the Spirit, and to practice this idea of patience. Patience is the ultimate expression of love. And I think that we read that there's no better version of love, no better example of love than Jesus dying on the cross for us. So think about those triggers this week. Think about those moments when you lose patience and find somebody that you can use as an accountability partner to help you with some of that. But my encouragement is that we can be people who are different because of the way that we love and because of our identity rooted in who we are, and that's children of God. Will you stand with me while we stand and sing? Yeah.